0: been in and out of a study just on various ways God guides us in, in life, and we've been taking a look at some specific ways, and some of the things that we saw was first and foremost that he, he talks to us through, the, through His Word. We also said that He talks to us through an audible voice, that there's people in the Bible, there's people that are hearing me right now that have heard uh, an audible voice of God. For most of the rest of us, He speaks mo- probably more uh, prevalently in a still small voice, that gentle whisper, that tug of our heart, that nudge that, uh, that, that just small voice in our life. <clears throat> Another way is through peace. That uh, Colossians says, let the peace of God reign in your heart. And there's times that if we have a decision to make, that usually He will speak through the feeling that we're having the most peace on. That's the, that's the decision that we should go in. But then on the opposite, sometimes He stirs us up, and we have a restless spirit, and God's trying to move us in a direction to maybe pray for somebody or to do something because we have this restlessness. In our, uh, in our heart. Sometimes He opens and shut doors. And I thought of this, if you've ever had a bird fly into your house, you know, you, you, you open some doors and shut other doors to try to get it to maneuver where you want it to go, to go outside and, and be free. And the same way God sometimes opens and closes doors to maneuver us where He wants us to, to be in life. And also wisdom, that God gave us a brain that, that we should ask this question, what is the smartest thing that I should do in light of my past experience? in light of my present circumstance and in light of my future goals? What's the smartest things that I could be doing in uh, in life? And we finished up a few weeks ago with saying that uh, the example of Jesus Christ that that God gave us the example of Jesus that if we have decision to make that it became cliche, but it's still a good thing. WWJD? What would Jesus do in my situation? Because usually you can't go wrong with a decision if you're uh, if you if you go with what Jesus would do in the same situation. We're going to take a look at a few more today, and we're going to this is going to stretch some people. This really is, and this is going to be. But we're you know part, one of our words for this year is is deeper, and we're going to go a little deeper. And, and so this is some, some other ways. And one way is he leads us by calling us to observe what he's up to. Another an acronym instead of WWJD may be WIGD, which is what is God doing? What is God doing right now? Because God's up to something in your life. God is up to something in your marriage. God is up to something in your, uh, in your family. God is up to something in His church. God is up to something in your career. His wind is always moving. He's always up to something. And we need to say, all right, what is God doing? What is God, how is He working in my life? Because I want to, I want to see what He's doing. Maybe sometimes there's a season of life that He's working on you with relationships. Maybe He's working on on you with holding your tongue. Maybe He's working on you with your thought life. Maybe He's working on you to get involved in a ministry or something like that. He's up to something and we have to say, okay, God, where are you stirring in my life? Because I don't know about you. I love sailing. I love to sail. And if you've ever sailed, you know something. You know that what you need to do is find out where is the wind blowing and you need to adjust the sails accordingly. So where is God moving in your life and adjust the sails accordingly? Maybe focus on one thing more because that's what God's focusing on. Maybe God is dealing with your children in a particular way and really focusing on one part of their development. Go where God is moving in that. And one maybe extreme example of this was something that, that, that was pointed out to me when I was in, in college. And there was, a, there was a guy by the name of John Wimber. And John was a guy that God used in huge ways in a healing ministry. The guy looked like Santa Claus. He was the most humble guy you've ever seen. But God, man, I'm telling you, He used this guy to heal people. And I remember He came to our chapel one time and, God sa- and, and He said, uh, I'm going to teach people to heal and and I don't remember, but for some reason I got cynical at that and I'm like how do you teach people to heal either don't but here's what he did he goes, he goes for instance he said there's 53 people here that have, tr- that have trouble with insomnia if you have trouble with insomnia come on stage and people started coming on stage and he counted and so help me there were 53 people and about 12 of those people were people that I knew because I went to school with. This was not a setup. I know those uh, people. And there happened to be exactly the amount that he said. And he said, now, he said, most people would just start at this end and go, go this way because that's the order of things. But he said, look at this lady over here. Look at her. God's all over her. Can you see that? Can you see the glow on her face? Can you see how just her, her face is kind of... God's on this lady so strongly. Happened to be a girl on my sister wing. And he said, no, I don't... He said, I'm not that smart, but I'm figuring, I just want to go where God's going. I want to work where God's going and start there. And maybe you'd see, we'd see a lot more healing if we just go where God is already working in that person's life. And it made... You know, and that's really straight out of the Bible, because that happened with Paul in, the, in Acts chapter 14... Said in Lystra, there was a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had the faith to be healed and called out, Stand on your feet. At that moment, the man jumped up and began to walk. I mean, you get the picture, here's this, these, uh, Paul's preaching to a bunch of people, and all of a sudden he looks out and he just sees God on somebody, and, and he sees God is working in that person's life, so he gives that person the opportunity to, to be healed, and they were. And again, we, and that's, you know, one example of things, but where is God working in your life? Where is God, where is the wind moving that you can focus on that, because uh, that's one of the ways God speaks to us. Another way is God speaks to us through His spoken word. You know, my devotion this morning was, uh, consequently, faith comes by hearing the word of God and hearing the word, uh, f- f- hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. In other words, we hear, we grow, we learn. God speaks to us. One way he speaks to us is wh- what you're doing right now, is listening to the word of God being proclaimed. And kudos to you, kudos to you for every person in this room, kudos to every person who is listening right now, because what you've done is you are positioning yourself right now to hear from God that you're hearing that you're you're positioning yourself you're going away from all the stuff in the world right now and just all the stuff you could be doing and you are focusing on letting god speak to you through a human being and, and through the the spoken word of god and you know moses when he uh, he saw the burning bush and the bush was there, but it wasn't until he he, he stopped what he was doing and he, he went and you know went out of the mainstream and went there to listen to God that he heard from God. And what you've done by today, by tuning in, by being here, uh, by going to youth group, by by going to the you know to the the, the men's Bible study or women's Bible study, you're coming on Wednesday night, what you're doing is you're intentionally positioning yourself where God can speak to you through the opening of his uh, of his word. And the Bible says this. And he's saying that just like when it rains, God is accomplishing something every time it rains. He is nourishing the grass. He's nourishing the plants. He's making it where they can bud. He's making it where they can they, they, they produce fruit and everything. And we may not see that, but every time it rains, God is doing something, whether we know it or not, through that, through that rain. And in the same way, every time the word of God is proclaimed, this is a humbling thing, an incredibly humbling thing, an amazing thing, that I know that every time I'm speaking the word of God, that God is doing something in every single life that's hearing that, because His Word does not return void. And I have people coming up to me that say, you know, man, that message was just for me. And I believe it. I believe every message that that is spoken here or anything is just for you. I believe that every time that there is something that God has just for you, that God is big enough that He can speak a message just just to you in in, in today. And you know, uh, something that's really weird is when people come up to me and they'll say, uh, you know, it was just like you said this in your message. I didn't say it in the message, man. I had I have you know, I I have the notes, I have the, the thing. I didn't say what they think I said. And what's really weird is when two or three people come up and each person says something that I didn't say in my message, and I just realized, you know, you could have a reasonably trained monkey up here just speaking the word of God, and God's gonna use it because he's gonna speak his own message. I mean, there's actually, this has happened. At least two occasions, somebody invited their friend to church, and their friend got mad at them, furious at them, because what they thought is that, that they had told their friends some inside information, and that they had told me, and I had preached an entire message just to talk to those people. And I think, but, but I think it's cool that God is saying, God is so dealing with people's life and so intricate in your life that it's like God is taking that word, that timeless word, and putting it into exactly what you need for that moment. I remember a lady in, in my first church, she was the, the principal of the year in the, in the county and she had just gotten, I'd come to faith in Christ. And she came up to me and she goes, God just said that I'm supposed to be filled with his spirit. What does that mean? I'm thinking, I wasn't even preaching on the Spirit, Holy Spirit. How is he, God's preaching His own message. It doesn't matter what I'm preaching up here. God is going to make His Word. He's going to water it in your, uh, in your life. Another thing is we can hear God's voice as we worship. In Acts chapter 13, it says this, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And notice the sequence. First they worshiped. Then God spoke. And a lot of times up here, God, as we're worshiping, as we're doing that, God is is speaking. Listen to what God promises when we worship together. He says this, I will meet with you there, and I will talk to you. I love that. He's going to do two things. He's going to meet with us when you're here, when you're listening. He's going to meet with you, and he's going to talk to you. You know, we live in a culture that, that you, can, you can hear from people, but you, not, you don't meet with them. I mean, we have, in, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and, you know, I could go on and on email, snail mail, everything. We can, we can communicate and not be with a person. Or we can be with a person and we cannot communicate. If you ever looked at people in a restaurant, that there's people that they're together, but they don't say a word. And the, but here's the thing that God says, every time you come here, Every time you hear that you're listening, God is going to meet with you and God is going to speak with you. And you have positioned yourself to to hear that. In fact, I want you to know that before you ever came in here today, there's people that have prayed last night and today over every single one of your chairs that you have an encounter with God, that you hear from God what God wants you to, to, to hear. That's a pretty cool thing. And then uh, also, one thing that when we get, when we start worshiping, and notice as we're worshiping and singing these songs, what happens to God? It just seems like he gets bigger and bigger and bigger as our problems get smaller and smaller and smaller. As we focus on God, what happens to God? It just seems like he just becomes overwhelmingly bigger than our problems, and our problems get smaller and, and smaller. Our whole perspective changes when we come in here and we focus on God. That sometimes just we come in with, with our worries and our fears and our stresses and our problems and, and we start to worship and suddenly just, just we have a new perspective on them. And, and one thing that uh, I love, a, a situation that in the Bible, that a guy by the name of Asaph. And Asaph in, in Psalm 73, he talks about it. He just bemoans this fact and he's saying, I'm struggling. He was having a life issue. He was having a, an issue, a faith issue with God. And here was his issue. He's going, God, it just seems like these people that don't even care about you, they're just going on with life and no problems, no hang-ups, no anything, and it seems like I'm struggling with here, and I'm worshiping you, and I'm going through some hard times, and I don't get it, God. And I think every one of us can understand what he was going through there. And he's, he is saying, I, and he said this, he said, man, I almost lost it. I mean, I came this close to losing, I came this close to forgetting the whole thing. But then watch what he does in verse 17. He says, until I came into the house of God. God, until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I started to understand everything. And then suddenly he said this, he said his whole perspective changed. That suddenly he saw life different, suddenly he saw God different, suddenly he saw people different. Suddenly it all made sense just as he was entering the house of God. And then he said this, he ended up with, "'Whom have I in heaven but you?' And there's nobody on this earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever." Suddenly everything changed just as he started to to worship. Something else is, too, is we, uh, God speaks to us through, through music. Let me ask you a question. How many of you really believe that God has spoken to you sometime through a song? I mean, just look at that. Just about every single person in here. I mean, there's times that, I don't know about you, there's times we're worshiping songs up here. And it is absolutely like God is speaking to me in that moment of going, see what you're dealing with. And, and suddenly, again, maybe we're just saying, okay, God, this is who you are. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. And it just goes in my heart. All right. You're faithful, or maybe just one aspect of, of something, but he's speaking to me in that situation. Or even like on Christian radio, that you're, you're going, all of a sudden, God is just speaking to you, and there's a song that comes on. And man, it's more than just la 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 la. It is God speaking to you through that song. I really believe I've had God direct me through a song. Uh, one of the biggest ways that is, that happened was when we were uh, looking to to start Crossroads. We were interviewed to whether to to start a church in this in this area, and we were uh, we we went out of the meeting and we were just we were praying, God, what do you want us to do? We loved where we were, but we had this opportunity to start to to start a church in this uh, in this area. And I remember a song that I had never heard before, and I've never heard since. It was Twilight Paris. It was a, so, a song that sang, sang to, uh, "Now is the time." And, and as, as that song goes on, it was just like going, God saying, absolutely, almost spoke to me audibly at that time. And I remember looking over and saying, I know what we're supposed to do. And said, also, I know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to start the church. And it was just that moment that God spoke to both of us through, the, through a song. Uh, and God and Satan can speak to us through music, can't he? I mean, we probably all had, had the other way, too. Uh, God can speak to us through dreams. This is an extremely biblical way that God speaks to, uh, to people, that, that he, spoke to, he spoke to Pharaoh, he spoke to, uh, to Nebuchadnezzar, he spoke to Daniel and told him what was about to come through a, through a dream. He, sp- he warned the, the wise men through a, a dream on Joseph, da- uh, Jesus' daddy. Uh, he, he warned him in a dream to leave, uh, to leave Bethlehem because Herod was going to go after him. Then he told him in a dream to come back. And then he told him a dream to go to, to Nazareth. He was telling him time and time again in a dream. Let me ask you this question. Do you think God just ch- stopped talking to people in dreams? Or do you think he still does that? Because Jesus remembers the same yesterday, today, and, for, uh, and forever. Have you ever had a dream that you really believe was it like an epic dream from God? you know what i'm saying that there's there's sometimes that i've looked in my life and there's been one and once or twice that i mean was an epic dream and it felt like god was I can look back, and those were significant moments in my life. One was a, a dream in third grade, and I remember there was two swords. And I remember one, I knew at that time, it was either I was going to go God's way or another way. And I remember choosing that sword. It was like you know, it was like in the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever, where it says, You have chosen wisely, you know, kind of that thing. It was kind of that feeling in there. And then just a few weeks later, I really felt a call to go into ministry. I remember one time that... Um, that also, this is a f- several decades ago, but I remember I had a dream that Billy Graham put a helmet, like an old timey Flyers helmet, on my head. And I remember it just, I woke up and it just felt like God saying, You have an anointing for, for evangelism and things. But there's times that God may just speak in, in different dreams. There was a, pers- uh, a person in our uh, Hispanic ministry that he came up to me five years ago and he said, I had a dream about you. And that dream was absolutely, you could not, I, I cannot tell you how before it happened that God was telling me what was about to happen uh, symbolically in the, next, in the next five years of my life. And he said that, and I'm telling you, that dream, I held on to that dream time after time, going through a difficult time because God said there was life on the other side. There's life on the other side. I don't know if you know this, but, there are, but but Jesus is appearing to Muslims in dreams by the thousands. The Muslims are coming to faith in Christ, that they're seeing, that they're having dreams about Jesus in the middle of a, and uh, in, in coming to faith in, in him with that. On the day of Pentecost, some amazing things happened. Here's what God's, uh, happened to the 120, and, and the people are going, All right, what's going on here? Here's what Peter said. He quoted Joel uh, 2.28. He said, this, all that you're seeing right now, is what is spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Not just a few people, but on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. And he's basically saying, God has poured out his spirit. This is what's happening. And he said, because of that, people are going to dream dreams. People are going to see visions. And, and notice this too I don't believe there's just those kind of dreams When you're sleeping But God has given you dreams in your heart When you were a little boy When you were a little girl God put dreams in your heart God put dreams in Maybe you're, maybe you're a doctor today Because God put a dream in your heart Maybe you're on missions Because God put a dream in your heart Maybe you're a, 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 a mom A stay-at-home mom Because God put a dream in your heart Maybe you started a business I don't know what it is But maybe law enforcement or a teacher or anything like that. But when you were that somewhere, somehow, God put a dream in your heart. There's a dream there, and you're going after that dream because who put it there? God puts dreams in in hearts. Another thing is God will sometimes use visions to speak to, uh, to people. God spoke to Abraham, to Jacob, to Samuel, to Isaiah, to Ezekiel, to Daniel, to Obadiah, to Micah, to all the Old Testament prophets, Zechariah, Zephaniah in the New Testament, Ananias, Peter, Paul. The whole book of Revelation was a, uh, was a vision. And, and maybe f- encountered that. I, I believe I've had two, you know, a couple of visions in my, in my life. One of them was when I first became a Christian. I remember seeing this picture. I mean, it was like a video in front of me where this little shack and this wrecking ball, you know, those big old things, just bam, just destroyed it. And then I saw a building being built up, and it was like God said to me, I'm, take, I'm getting rid of everything you've built to this point, and we're going to build something beautiful to, together. One really weird one was this. I remember we were worshiping in... Um, we were worshiping in the uh, at a staff retreat, and all of a sudden, I saw this picture. And here's what happened: I was uh, I was at the seashore, and there was there was a boat that looked like the you know Nina Pinta, Santa Maria kind of boat, the Mayflower type of boat. And I remember Jesus was on the seashore there, and He asked me a question. He said, He said, he asked me three times. He said, "Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me?" And each time, I said, "I trust you." And He said, we're, He said, "New lands, new adventures, uh, new frontiers." is what, uh, what he said, and this is about, four, uh, about five years ago as, as well. And he said, uh, and I remember, you know, seeing that, and then a, a few, you know, we, I'm still going, God, was that you? I mean, what was that about? I, I struggled just like you do with things like that, and I'm just going, was that really, did I really see that? What was that? And I remember I was in another state at a breakfast buffet, and a, per, and a lady comes up to me, and she goes, you're gonna think I'm totally crazy. She said, I've never done this before in my life. But she said, I had a picture of you, and Jesus came up to you in a sports car. You were standing by, and he came up to you in like a Ferrari, and he said, Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And he said, We're going to go on an adventure together. And he said, she said, that may just be crazy. I said, you have no idea. That's not crazy. I needed to hear that. And what do you think that did to her when she came up? She's never done that before, never seen anything like that. And she comes up and the person says, oh, baby, that was exactly. You have no idea how much I needed to hear that. And what do you think it did to me to confirm what, uh, what, she had, you know, what I had felt that God had done in a, in a vision before? Um, and then sometimes maybe it's not a video or something. Maybe you just see a picture. Maybe see a picture of of something that's that's going to happen. You know the, the the Christian who invented the compound bow. He said he saw what it, he was in his in his on his bed one night, and he just saw this the the whole picture, the thing, everything, the diagram in front of him, and how it worked out, and everything. And he caught, he did that. He believes through a vision. Uh, then there's also signs. There's a I like the story about the 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 priest and the pastor. Who, uh, who made this sign, who got this big old sign and, and took it out to the road. And they were going to show it to a lot of people in one day. And it said this, the end is near. Turn yourself around before it's too late. That's what the sign said. And they, so they had it put it up there on the side of the road. And the first guy that came by said, you, you religious nuts, leave us alone. And all of a sudden, the guy goes around the corner and they hear a scream. And then they hear this big splash. And the pastor looks at the priest and said, maybe we should just put a sign that says bridge out. Are. <laughs> but sometimes we hear from, you know, that, that, uh, that signs are, are one way that God speaks to us. And these are, have you ever had that time where you just, where you saw something that happened, and it may not have meant anything to you, to anybody else, but it just felt like God's hand was on that. It. it just felt like you could, you could, you could say, it just seemed like something that God was trying to tell you a message through whatever, whatever happened there. I said several weeks ago that my dad used to go up would take us on hikes, my brother and I on hikes, and he would leave us for about 15 or 20 minutes, and then we had to go find him, and we'd look for him. We would look for the signs, and he'd leave these little signs there. And it didn't mean anything to anybody else, any of these things, but we'd go, oh, man, that's dad. That's dad right there. That's got to be him, and he's going this way. And after a while, we started to know the difference between just a stick heading in a direction and, oh, that's dad. That's not a stick. That's dad pointing us in this, uh, in this direction. And the, the same way, you know, there's times that, that maybe you feel like something that God is just, it may not mean anything to anybody else, but it meant something to you. An example of this would be that in the, you know, in the Bible, the, the, the Magi, they saw a star. Everybody saw a star. They saw this big star. But to the Magi, it was a sign. It was a sign, and it was the right sign that the Messiah was born, and that's where he was going to be. Everybody else saw the same thing. But it was a sign to them that they followed. Uh, the, when when the, the shepherds had said this, that the angels appeared and said, this will be a sign to you. You will go into Bethlehem and you will see a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And so when they got there and they saw what God said was going to be the sign, they're going, this really is the ma- Messiah. Do you know 75 times in the Bible it talks about the, the miracles and things, these amazing things that God did were signs of who he was? The plagues were a sign. They were a sign that, I don't know if you know this, but the ten plagues were there. Every one of them was an attack against the something that the, that the Egyptians worshipped. They worshipped the Nile. He turned the, blood, the Nile into blood. They worshipped the sun. He'd blacken the sun. He, You know, all, all these things, they were a sign. Jesus, time and time again in the Gospels, it said, uh, it said, this is a sign, a sign, a sign, a sign. An example of that, let's read one of them, was in John chapter 2. This miraculous sign when he turned water into wine at Cain in Galilee, was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed him in. These signs were a sign that I really am who I claim I am. I really am the Messiah. God really the Father really is working working through me. And it wasn't just Jesus, the disciples, the signs and wonders followed them. It says this. Well, first, it says there were two reactions to when Jesus did these signs. And same two reactions that we have today. The first one was faith. And it said, now, while they were, uh, he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name. And then there was unbelief. Same, same events. Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, which was healing, casting out demons, raising the dead, they still wouldn't believe in, in, in him. And God did signs through the disciples. Listen to this. When the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it, everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And also, the, the Bible makes it clear that that didn't stop with the disciples. Again, this is going to stretch some of us. But uh, look at the end of, Matthew, uh, of Mark chapter 16. It says, these signs will accompany those be- who believe. They will do this and this and this and this and this and this. Look it up sometime because he's saying we, God is going to use some signs, th- signs through us to touch other people's lives uh, as well. But here's just one example of one of our own Walter Charles that he saw, had an encounter that he believed was a sign from God.
1: So as Pastor Lowell continues to talk with us about how we can hear the voice of God, listening, hearing, um, one instance comes to my mind that's been pretty uh, pretty significant in my uh, growing relationship uh, with the Christ and with the Holy Spirit. I uh, was uh, living at the time in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and uh, had visited uh, my sister uh, in Newport News, Virginia. She was living there with her boys, and I went up for a visit It was also a season where I was really learning a lot about the Holy Spirit and communicating uh, with God and hearing His voice. And um, after the trip was over, uh, I was preparing to go back home, come back to Winston-Salem. And um, I got into my car, and at the time, you know, I'd had no problems with the car. I drove from Winston to Newport News, no problems. Uh, Drove around all weekend, no problems. And on that particular morning, I get into the car, the keys in the ignition, turn it to crank her up, and nothing happens. In that moment, you know, I try again and I try again, and I'm thinking to myself, battery's fine, lights weren't left on, radio's left on, what's going on? And in that season of experiencing the Holy Spirit and learning more about discerning His voice, uh, I couldn't help but say, okay, God, what's going on? And... um, you know, not only did my car not start, which was extremely bizarre to me in the moment, um, I just didn't really understand what was happening. And so, uh, as I'm asking that question, God, what's going on, I really discerned this this voice. And it wasn't this Morgan Freeman like Walter Charles. No, it was more of a, just this quiet whisper in my spirit where I, I sensed that God was saying one word, stay. And so I sat there for a moment, just really trying to digest that and thinking, okay, am I supposed to stay here? What's going on? Uh, so I called my sister, uh, who was at work at the time, and said, hey, here's what's happened. The car won't start. I really feel like God's telling me to, to stay here, so I'm going to hang here. So that evening, uh, I get a call from uh, the girlfriend I was dating at the time, well before my beautiful wife, <laughs> Um, But uh, my girlfriend called, and she said, Hey, I hope you're not trying to get on the roads. I'm like, what's going on? And she said, well, we have had a major uh, ice storm, and the roads are just a mess. So in that moment, I thought, ah, okay, okay, I get it now. God was really protecting me from from getting on the road and and, and really bad weather, Uh, as well as I really felt like after having spent that weekend with my sister uh, and her boys, and they were going through a tough moment, uh, that it was a good idea for me to hang around for a little longer my leaving turned into really a a God moment uh, where I think he used me to be a comfort to my sister and he protected me uh, from a a pretty bad situation. So sometimes he speaks to us uh, in circumstances. Sometimes it's a quiet whisper and sometimes maybe not a burning bush, but a Mazda 626. (laughs) Now the other pretty powerful piece of this was after I'd spoken with my sister I'd heard from the girl I was dating at the time um, and had made the decision to stay for another day or so. Before calling AAA, uh, before kind of running around trying to get the car looked at, um, my sister and I went out. uh, We're gonna at least try to jump the car off. But before we did that, with the key in the ignition, turned the car, and voila, the car cranked. So it was just one of those okay, God, wow, I think we've arrived at what's going on here. And uh, and thank you, again, for protecting me and uh, the opportunity to spend more time with my family during that season. So God speaks. if We're listening.
0: Amen. Uh, and something, you know, just some warnings about signs is some people are obsessed with signs, and they're looking for, you know, I mean, they're seeing everything as a, as a sign, and maybe, you know, maybe they, the... What Jesus said, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them you will never believe. He's saying, you know, sometimes something just happens, you know, it may not be a sign. Uh, there's other people who take the other extreme, and that's the people who, who say, uh, just like there was in Jesus' day, that even though Jesus is giving signs, they're completely unaware of it. They're oblivious to the signs that Jesus is giving right, left, and, and everything. In fact, and they're even, they even mock the people who believe that they're seeing signs. Uh, and also, another warning is we can read anything into a sign if we wanted to, can't we? And we can make anything seem like a sign. I remember I went to school with some guy, and I remember he I don't remember, he saw an L somewhere. It may have been his spaghetti or something. It was just weird. And he said, I believe that's a sign from God that I'm supposed to work with Kenny Loggins. And the rest of us are going, or it may just be an L in your spaghetti, you know. It may just be, but he's, maybe it's just because you really think that you're going to do that, and you're looking for a sign everywhere. Or it may have been God, you know. Who, uh, how do I know? But here's something, too, is I think a balanced approach is that uh, we, we're we not obsessed with signs, but we don't poo poo them either, that God really does speak through signs, and that we, you know, that, that also we pay attention to the signs that God is, is giving us and we, and we heed those. And then finally, just in a real quick way, we don't have time to go into this one, but fleeces. This is one, again, there was a guy by the name of Gideon. Gideon said uh, that. He was, uh, that God said, uh, you're going to be the, the person to, to rescue the people from the Midianites. And he's like, who in the world am I? He said, God, you better show me something to have me do this. So he, he said, here, I'm, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to put a fleece of, of wool out there in the in the ground. And if it's, if it's wet, give me a sign that it's going to be wet and nothing else around it is wet. And sure enough, the next day he wakes up and he wings out an entire bowl full of water from there, but everything else is dry. But then the, he goes, okay, God, I just need to know one more time if it's, if it's, if it You than have the fleece dry and everything else wet, and that's exactly what happened. Sometimes we just need some confirmation and going, God, I really want to say yes, and I'm not trying to disobey you, but God, you know, if you're doing this. Let us know, maybe maybe have this happen as a sign to me that this is something. Sylvie and I the other day had a big decision to make, and, and we're going, God, if this is you, then then we're having, please let this happen so we know that this is you. And it shouldn't have normally happened in the, in the natural, and it happened, and it, we took that as a sign of going, God, okay, we're going to go forward believing this is, uh, believing this is uh, of you. But here's the question, here's what I'm saying, is God speaks to us in so many ways that we may not be aware of, and all these are biblical ways, and they may be stretches for some people. Maybe they're going, man, I don't know. But maybe you're going, okay, you know what, I've had dreams before. that Maybe that is God. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Before or maybe that picture that I had in, that, in my mind that time of, of this thing with, in business of dude that, maybe that's God giving me a vision for, uh, for that, maybe it's God speaking to me, and, and maybe maybe I should look at my, my marriage and see, okay, where is God going there? What is God doing right here, where is he stern because he 's doing a neat thing, and he wants us to do this, or maybe with my house or whatever, and, and just that, that we see where God's going and we, and we join him uh, in that, or just continue to do I, again, I just want to give you kudos you're here today to listen to the Word of God, and God honors that. God, 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 uh, God loves that. that, you, that we, when we intentionally position ourselves to say, God, speak to me, I want to hear that, and we intentionally put ourselves, I think God, God blesses the people that are willing to do that. If we can pray. God, thank you that you're a God who, who speaks, and you're not a silent God. And thank you, God, that you speak through a multitude of different ways. So, God, help us to see what signs are yours, what's Daddy's hand, what what, what has Dad's hand written all over it, and what is just something that happens. Help us to know that. Help us not miss the signs you're you're giving us. Help us to hear your voice, Lord God, your still, small voice, your gentle whisper. Help us to, to, God, hear as we listen to, to music. Help us to hear your words. Help us to hear you as we gather together in worship and gather together in small groups and things. Help us to, as we open up our heart, fill it, Lord God. Teach us, talk to us. We want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen.